0: fascinating people, fascinating places. G'day and welcome to the Dan Mainwaring Podcast. This is where we talk to and about the famous and the infamous, the celebrated and the obscure, the well-known and the undiscovered. Interviews, articles and discussion from around the globe.
1: Kuwait is liberated. Iraq's army is defeated. Our military objectives are met. Kuwait is once more in the hands of Kuwaitis in control of their own destiny we share in their joy a joy tempered only by our compassion for their ordeal tonight the Kuwaiti flag once again flies above the capital of a free and sovereign nation.
2: On the 28th of February 1991 the Iraqi occupation of Kuwait was over so what would happen to the Polish refugees of Saint Mary's School.
0: Maybe, maybe if we'd had understood a bit more kind of context, we would have been a bit more welcoming. But you know, I mean, teenagers in the nineties—it just seemed like a bit of a like a moment, really, that they were there and they weren't anymore.
1: No, I went back to Poland for a year because my parents decided that it wasn't clear what was happening in the Middle East, even though, you know, the one was already won. But my mom said, you know, this is last year of Polish primary school, and they weren't sure if they were going to go back and for how long. So my mom said I, she wanted me to be in a Polish primary school so I could get into a good Polish high school, which I did.
2: Was it a difficult transition going back to school in Poland, academically or culturally after being at St. Mary's and Bishop Stortford?
1: They, the teachers were inquisitive. So, they, I mean, on a certain level, they did encourage some of them for us to, you know, to think on our own. Polish school was not like that. It was just leaving communism. So there was a narrative. Like, you have to understand, the Polish school is almost like the Catholic Church. And the math was, I had to do some catching up with math. Even though I was in an advanced math class at, you know, St. Mary. I came back to Poland and I needed to catch up. But other than that, you know, I used to read, you know, prolifically, so that wasn't a problem. Polish was a little bit, especially Polish spelling. But my mom worked on with me very, very hard. You know, I had a dictation every week. So after fifty dictations, um, you you tend to be quite good at it. Remember the rules, or you know, or you don't get into a good high school. So I was motivated. I went to school there before. Kuwait. We thought we left for Kuwait. So unlike, remember, unlike Marta who was in her, she never went to a Polish school per se. I went to five years of Polish primary school, then we left for Kuwait in sixth grade, then seventh grade I was in St. Mary's, and then for eighth grade I returned to the same school.
2: While the older students went off to college, and most of the younger ones like Kazik returned to overseas, a few of the students, including Marta, chose to stay in Bishop Stortford for a little longer. But with the monastery having been sold, they moved in and lived with local families for several months.
0: After staying with Dorian and Leo for a few months in Bishop Stortford, my dad went back to Kuwait and he was under the impression, because that's what you know he'd been told, that he would be able to get us and get our visas for us to come back to Kuwait and we could go back to school and you know we could start living in Kuwait again. And that got delayed by over six months. So I ended up actually being in Poland for six months. And my sister was going to school. I wasn't, because at that time we kept being told that the visas are coming in, you know, two weeks, two weeks. And every every two weeks we'd get we'd we'd be told this another two weeks. So I, I kind of didn't go to school for six months at that at that stage. Had we known about this, I probably would have stayed in England for the rest of that year. But because we were so sure that we're going back to Kuwait, it sort of just created this, like, a gap. So after that, we went, we've, we we got our visas, we went back to Kuwait. I was first initially told that, you know, I'd have to repeat a year because I essentially had only a few months of, of that, you know, in England. And I absolutely protested, said, there's absolutely no way. I'm I'm just going to kind of skip it which is how I ended up still in the same year as you know as, as Kajik was as an, and as Monica was and now we were in the same school so went to that school for three years um, got my GCSEs got my A-levels then I actually went to university back in England I went to Royal Holloway did media arts which was basically a film and television. Got my bachelor's from there. And then after that, I decided I wanted to move to Poland and actually try living in Poland. I've always wanted to try it. uh moved to Poland. Didn't end up working in either film or television or anything related like that. After a few years, I kind of got into... Ac- almost accidentally into <laughs> into interior design. I mean, what happened was my parents bought a very small place up in uh, Salt which is like this little seaside resort up in uh, north of Poland on the Baltic Sea. It wasn't completely run down, but it needed a refresher. So I, I I was there at the time. Said, okay, fine, I'm gonna decorate this. It was it was fun. It felt <laughs> like a lot of fun. I had a great time doing it, yes, I and it was a slippery slope <laughs> so so then it followed we you know my my, my parents in Warsaw, which they 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 still they still have that that one they you know needed a bathroom refresher, so I said okay i'll I'll do that. I had so much fun with supper, why don't I do that? It kind of spun from there to a point where I ended up you know designing a couple of kitchens or bathrooms or rearranging someone's someone's whole flat while I was doing this, this was a little side hobby while I was doing this, I was actually making money by doing translations and teaching English and doing things that were completely unrelated but weren't getting me as excited as this decorating job that I had on the side and at some point I realized that what I really liked was the, the rearranging that of, of, of that flat was the was the fun one because I actually got to move walls and I actually got to do a little bit more than just picking colors and it sort of dawned on with me that architecture is actually what I feel like I would enjoy very much. And at that time, I'd been living in Poland for probably four or five years. I was like, well, I need to get myself back to school. I need to, you know, get in get architecture. I thought about doing it in Poland, but I would have had to spend six years doing it. They wouldn't consider my bachelor's as, as you know, any time, time served, so to speak. So I would have had to start from scratch. And also, the entry requirements were such that, having not gone through the polish system i would have been at a massive disadvantage in 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 trying to get in it was discouraging <laughs> to put it plainly i thought about going back to england but again it would have been taking me longer and at some point i just while researching you know where's a good place i you know settled on the us i did some research universities all the accredited programs that would give me a masters degree that i could still do in a shorter time because in the U.S. you could get that within about three, three and a half years. It was a path for people like myself who who got another undergraduate degree and then decided to switch to architecture and ended up at University of Virginia. That is how I ended up in the U.S. and uh, I spent three pretty awesome years in, in Charlottesville. And then when I graduated, you know, I was looking for jobs and it was 2008
2: Over the past few weeks, many Americans have felt anxiety about their finances and their future. I understand their worry and their frustration. We've seen triple-digit swings in the stock market. Major financial institutions have teetered on the edge of collapse, and some have failed.
0: And it was probably one of the worst times in recent history to be a foreign national recent graduate with almost zero architectural experience, somehow well, D.C. was one of the few places that I was still finding, you know, job offers. I ended up essentially finding a job in D.C. So that's kind of a very pretty long story of how I got from Bishop Shortford to Washington, D.C.
2: Kazik, like Marta, eventually made his way to the United States, where he studied at both Harvard and Yale. He now works as a Presbyterian minister. So, Kazik, when you came to St. Mary's, you really didn't know the other Polish students, But when you left and went back initially to Poland, did you stay in touch with them at all?
1: I kept in touch with Marta and with Monica, because in Kuwait, when we went back, so for my first year of high school, I went back to Kuwait. With Marta and Monica, we started attending Polish school. And and by that time, you know, we were a little bit more mature. I'm not going to say a lot, but a little. So, So we got along very well, unlike in the monastery. And then I kept a little in touch with Chris, but I really reconnected with him in 2007 when I came to Yale Divinity. And then I was always very fond of Anya Mayevska; She's just wonderful. And I kept in touch with her when I was in the Netherlands. And I came, I, I did like the year, at, I was a visiting researcher at Harvard during my PhD. And she was at MIT. So I kept in touch with her.
2: One thing I was wondering about was that in recent years, the Polish government has been criticised by human rights groups and the European Union for becoming increasingly autocratic and conservative with regards to things like gay rights. But when you went back to Poland as a teenager, I know for example that under the communists in East Germany, it was actually pretty liberal compared with the West and there wasn't any prohibition in any respect with regards to homosexuality but in Poland was it similar under the communism or when you went back there as a gay teenager did you experience any kind of prejudice?
1: You know so in Poland it was not a criminal thing male homosexual behavior since the 1930s so very early on unlike in western Germany when it was I think only decriminalized 1960s late early 70s. The communists really didn't care. In Poland, there even wasn't a big backlash against gay rights in the early 90s because AIDS was a drug disease. A person who shot heroin in Poland, not gay, you know, it wasn't the gay cancer. What kept the homophobia going alive and very well was the Roman Catholic Church. There's no doubt about it. And I think one of the nice things I would like to say about St. Mary's is Marta and Monica were the first two people I came out to. Yeah, and of course, you know, you never come out to as gay. I'm like, so I think I might be bisexual. I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, ah. Uh, and when I mean bisexual, I mean like 120% gay.
2: So how old were you at that point?
1: I was 16, so probably a year or two after St. Mary's. But I, like, I did have two big crushes on two guys, St. Mary's.
2: Were your parents supportive?
1: My mom's family is isn't very Catholic, and it's not very religious. It's, it has huge respect for religion. My nana was always very open, and she said, oh, you know, my math teacher and her partner, they lived together all their lives, and they had a beautiful life together. And uh, You know, when I read about Alexander the Great, and I think the, the book quoted Demosthenes, who said that, you know, the only thing that ever defeated Alexander or Hephaestion's thighs and I didn't get the reference. I went to my mom and my nana, and my mom explained it in a very casual way. You know, I never heard the word, you know, the F word, the Polish version of it. I once quoted it, and my mom said, You will not use that word in this house. You do not call people that. I came out to my mom, I think, in 2002. It's a little bit depressed. I had like this crush on a guy who turned out to be straight. I mean, seriously. What a disappointment. What a bad choice to make in life. So I told her, and then my dad was a little bit more Catholic. It took him a while. I think to come terms with certain stuff. So I I told him a few years later, but he was lovely. He was like completely, oh, we love you. You know, nothing is, you know, like nothing has changed. But my parents were not the first people. I, I think because there's a level, you know, you, you don't want to disappoint your parent. I'm not married. I don't have children. You know, my parents are not getting grandchildren from me. So so there is that element, and, and I think, you know, that's what makes it more. think again, the new generation, like, like all power to you. But I think there is that element, at least when I was growing up and in Poland, I wouldn't call it disappointment. I mean, my, my mom told me when, when I came out to her that she was afraid for my safety. And I think on a certain level, she still is. I came out to my nana, and she, she was she was lovely. She she was a f- formidable woman. I loved her. But, but she, again, she was very, very open. And I, I remember when she's like, oh, you know, this... This partner, do you have things to talk about? I said yes, and she's like, "Oh, good, because you know, talking is very important in a relationship." She was, she was just wonderful, and so, and both of my parents were, I have to say. But it, again, you have to remember, this is 22 years ago in a country that just emerged from communism, and I have to say, I don't remember any overt homophobic remarks from staff of St. Mary's. I was maybe called names, but. Again, if I were, there were a few, and they tended to be around P.E., and I remember Mr. Burden never kind of stood for them. So I actually, even though it was a Catholic school, to give St. Mary's the credit, they always try to remember the nice thing. That never happened.
2: Yeah, I remember at that point in St. Mary's, I don't know of anyone who was openly gay, but at the same time, I don't remember it being an issue or something people really talked about. And Necessarily had an opinion on even.
1: I, I think you're right, and you know, and I don't know. Maybe it was also because these. Because I remember when we were in St Mary's, Margaret Thatcher got replaced by John Major.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're leaving Downing Street for the last time after eleven and a half wonderful years, and we're very happy that we leave the United Kingdom in a very, very much better state than when we came here eleven and a half years ago.
1: They stabbed her in the back, you know, these lovely conservative men. On a funny level, I think maybe that was also because, you know, Margaret Thatcher, you you know, the, the thing is that you couldn't promote homosexuality. So I think the schools just didn't touch it. I'm comparing this with Poland. I think on a certain level, it actually turned out, perhaps it could turn out better because in Polish schools, when they touch it, with the exception of my high school in my hometown, which was wonderful, I had a couple of teachers in my primary school a lot of the teachers are a lot homophobic. And, you know, in Poland, you have the priests and the nuns teaching religion, and they're just, like, bigots. I mean, you know, I I found more friendly Catholic priests in the UK and in the US who are not homophobic, who are very Christian and open-minded. In Poland, it's just, like, how can we big a big, you know, a bigger homophobe and, and a bigger despicable human being? Let's do a competition, Sometimes, you know, me and my parents now, my dad's like, this man cannot be straight. (laughs) He's like, I'm sorry, the level of... My dad goes, he's like, the level of obsession by this idiot is just unbelievable.
2: Right, like Shakespeare, he doth protest too much, basically.
1: Yeah, like, even my dad picks up on it. (laughs) He's like, dude, like, what is your problem? (laughs) I look at my big gun, you know? What is small then, you know, is it the bullet wing?
2: You said that priests in America and Britain were a bit more progressive than in Poland. But did your perception of how Catholics in Poland or Catholic priests treat homosexuals was that a factor in you becoming a Presbyterian, whereas you were a Catholic when you were younger?
1: You know, I think on a certain level, St. Mary's helped me. I mean, I knew there were other religions in my mom's family. There were some niche Protestants who were as unreligious as the Catholics. Um, so, but I think in St. Mary's, especially the lovely, you know, the lovely priest at St. Michael's was, was nice. So when I went home, actually, the year after I came back from St. Mary's, they they reintroduced religion in Polish schools. And we had a priest who was just horrible and trying to be kind to him. I don't think he had any talent to teach teenagers about religion. Uh, And so he was placed in an untenable position. However, he did not go around about it in the right way. And, you know, and I just after seeing England, you know, in England and in other churches, that I knew there were women pastors. I, I think because I remember at St. Mary's, we went to something about like the Church of Scotland and I saw like two or three women ministers. It wasn't just the gay thing. I just thought that there, at least the way it was portrayed in Poland, there was no charity. The Catholic Church likes to think in absolutes. And if you get a good pastor, he will understand that the absolute is a goal. Not a stick to hit people with, and I think Protestant churches are better with ambiguities and with a gray area. And it doesn't—it doesn't work for certain people, right? Some simple people need strict rules, and I get it. There was no caritas, the love, you know, the love from the heart towards the divorced people, towards women, and then towards gays. You know, when 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 I returned to Poland, it was the height of the AIDS pandemic, right?
2: The true men of action in our times are not the politicians and statesmen but the scientists.
0: I believe that's especially true when it comes to the AIDS epidemic. Uh,
1: Even though it was a, you know, in Poland it was a druggy disease, I was watching English language programs and it was the gay cancer. And the lack of, and I remember the Pope's lack of any compassion. I mean, perhaps he did have some personal, but it did not show in his official statements. And I just was like, "I, I can't do this. I mean, I'm very grateful for certain things that, you know, the Catholic Church does. And I know they do a lot of good work. But I just was like, I can't do this. And then, you know, and my mom would always say, well, you know, in Protestants, there are women ministers. It doesn't stick to an interpretation of the Bible from the 16th century. And I thought, like, ooh, isn't that interesting? So I started going to the Lutheran Church. We had a very good-looking vicar, let me tell you. And, and then the Presbyterian group got bigger in my hometown, I actually love the Church of England. I mean, in a certain way, like the liturgy and, and the, today the Church of Scotland voted to, for gay pastors. I'm like, go Presbyterians! Yes! So whenever I visit the UK on Sunday morning, I open the windows, no matter what time of the year it is. It tends to be summer now, these days. And I just listen for the churches to peel. You know, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, so lovely.
0: Well, stone the flaming crows. It's time for Dan to do the Harry. Watch out for the next podcast and follow all Dan's activities at www.danielmainwaring.com.